Thank you for listening to Room 9, my daddy's podcast. Hope you enjoy. If you would like to help Room 9, please visit their support page. You can listen to Room 9 on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to visit our Instagram and Facebook page. Please like it. Room 9, if you better yourself, you better the world. So let's say it's a failure with business and whether it's a girl who just didn't, I guess, answer my DM the way I wanted her to answer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you have to kind of rewrite the story. Okay, maybe she's busy or maybe we're just not a match. Maybe she has a boyfriend, who knows, you know? Maybe she's not looking for a boyfriend and that's okay. It's all about kind of rewriting and, and welcoming and opening yourself up to possibilities. And that was our guest today, Wes Woodson. Wes is the founder and chief storyteller of The Hidden Company. He also has a book coming out, which is kind of the main subject we chat about today. But he's just an awesome dude. He's a mental health advocate. He's a storyteller. He's into entrepreneurship. He's just doing it all. He's exciting to be around. After listening to him, you get energy. And I just had an awesome conversation with him. So check out his links below. Everything is connected and in the description. Big announcements coming in the next couple weeks. Everything is moving, getting ready for the new year, getting ready to finally get these shirts made and shipped out. How many times have that been delayed? Who knows? But anyway, enjoy this podcast. I love you guys. I will be talking to you soon and stay in touch. Peace. Cool. All right. Wes Woodson, what's going on, brother? much man i am trying to uh learn how to manage my anxiety day by day <laughs> literally day one day at a time i hear you i hear you so yeah you reached out to me and after it was after gary v right that was that yeah. tea with gary v yeah. thing cool cool yeah. and this is happening now in november so thanks for your patience of course it was man. cool thanks for my uh lack of communication in the beginning because it was i had was not prepared to deal with uh, emails and messages and i tried to respond to all of them and i think i did i'm sure i missed a few but you reached out to me so thank you for your patience again brother yeah and uh yeah so give me a rundown i know you kind of just just a little messaging right you told me a little bit about what your life is and what's going on with it and what you've been struggling with but um yeah give me a lowdown i mean you know if you want to start from the beginning you know just give a give give a run through and let me know what's up and what's going on in your life and what you're looking to do with the world and how you're looking to change dude that's awesome and first off i want to say thank you so much because like obviously thank you for having me on the show but thank you for having this conversation especially as a male who's Mm -hmm. talking about mental health and mental health awareness for that matter that's what kind of really drew me in to reach out to you i mean like when i was watching tea with gary v i was kind of like whoa and i saw you and i was like he's talking about mental health on a podcast and he's a dude (laughs) <laughs> I gotta reach out. I, I, I gotta reach out. I mean, not 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 against like any women who are, who are doing it, because I think there are a lot of females who are doing that because obviously they, they can be more vulnerable. I think as men, we aren't told to be vulnerable, you mm-hmm. know, about our struggles. We know we're supposed to hide it. So first off, thank you so much for doing this. Not a problem. Um, but yeah, man. My my story uh, it begins. I was a you know a black kid in a very white community, right? I grew up in a small suburb called Sharon, Massachusetts. Sharon, Massachusetts. I can't even say it. Sharon, Massachusetts. Yeah, that's a mouthful. <laughs> mouthful, mouthful. And 
I literally kind of felt too white for the black kids and too black for the white kids. It was it was weird. It was a weird little in between. When I was 12 years old, I was diagnosed with this rare skin condition called vitiligo. Now, Michael Jackson has the same thing, but okay. the reason I, yeah, yeah. So it, Michael Jackson, uh, many don't even know this. He's a black man, you know, but he actually had uh, vitiligo take over his entire body, turning the pigmentation of his body to white. And I have the same thing, but in very smaller areas. I have my fingers. I have it on okay. my my face i had on my feet my my knees and i literally didn't know what to do with it you know it was like my my first i guess experience with quote-unquote anxiety because i was kind of like everyone's looking at me like they're gonna look at my spots like i'm a black kid with white spots what are they gonna think and everybody of all this other like you already feel out of place right exactly I was like, yo, what is going to happen? And then what happened was they called me Oreo, Leopard Boy, Michael Jackson, all the names, right? And then I kind of started to deal with depression early on because I was kind of like, all right, now I'm just kind of, I have this figurative kick me sign on me that I wear Mm -hmm. every day at school and no one really kind of likes me, you know? So I'd always do this thing where I would hide my hands in my pockets to kind of avoid the bullying, to avoid all of it. And when I got to college, right, I mean, this continued for like literally, what, eight years of my life. So by the time I got to college, I was like, wow, what, 20 years old? And I went to Babson College and they basically taught us uh, the idea of if you see a problem out in the world, solve it yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a big school about entrepreneurship. So I was like, you know what? Like, I want to make my own solution to help the kids to never feel the way that I once did when I was a kid. And I was like, how can I help others express themselves truthfully? I didn't I never felt like I could. And I built up this clothing line. Uh, called the hidden and i'm wearing it right now actually right um that's it, funny it, because i was gonna say I, I love your hoodie before you even told me that i appreciate that so man. sweet I, yeah i had all these things I gotta, I gotta send you one bro but yeah so i had this idea for this clothing line that would like really inspire people to never hide who they are right and that's kind of what i want to do i didn't want to hide my spots anymore then at the same time i launched that about two years ago and about eight months ago so now we're in 2020 so at the beginning of 2020, okay. I was in a very long-term relationship. Kind of the same time I, I was in uh, Babson, I was in a very long, committed relationship for about a year and a half. And then, you know, one night things turned south. Unfortunately, we got into a very bad argument. And I actually, you know, had to go through a very traumatic breakup. And that threw me back into a very dark place. Very, very dark. And I didn't know who I was outside of the relationship, right? And I was thrown into this this dark place of depression and just deep anxiety because I think for me, I was so paranoid that I didn't know what was next. I think anxiety is like the fear of the unknown and what's coming Mm -hmm. next. Babson's a very small school. So I was afraid, am I going to run into her? Like, what's going to happen? Are we going to talk? Like, it was was not a pretty scene. And I remember one night I was home, I was commuting, and I, I wanted to end it all. And I wanted to literally just stop the panic, stop the worrying. And I um, I remember I, I didn't know what to do. And the only thing I knew what to do, uh, my favorite musician I listened to is Logic. Um, okay. He has this song called 1-800. So obviously I that was the National Suicide Hotline number. And I literally called that number that night. And I met a lady named Janice. It was crazy. It was, it was nuts, bro. We spoke for 43 minutes and 15 seconds. Can never forget that number. Hmm. And she calmed me down. And from there, I went into a hospital. And after being in a hospital for about, let's say, I thought I was going to the ER to be just screened and stuff like that, you know, just be, you know, talked down and maybe reference or referred back to my therapist I already had. But they gave me three options. One, they said, you can 
you know, um, go to therapy. Two, you can go become an inpatient at our inpatient program. Or three, you can enter an outpatient program. And one, I already have a therapist. Two, I didn't want to stay in the hospital. I was kind of scared. Three, an outpatient program didn't sound that bad, right? It mm-hmm. was kind of like going to this mental health facility for nine hours a day talking about your anxiety. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's do that. Okay. And uh, I dubbed that anxiety school. I mean, that's kind of where I was like, yo, like <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm learning how to like manage my anxiety, you know? And I loved it because they give us all these handouts, bro. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I would love it if I could give all these handouts to my friends who also suffer from anxiety. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the idea I had. I was like, you know what? I couldn't do that because they wouldn't have any context of what these papers are. It's just a bunch of papers you kind of have. Yeah. Like like, what the fuck is this? Facts. So I was like, count to five. Uh, Screw you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, man. So I was like, what if I wrote a book? Like, what if I wrote a book and like, I don't know, wrote a book for my friends who suffer from anxiety. Cause I had a bunch of friends who were suffering every day, but like, yeah. you can get bed, you know what I mean? And I was like, I want to give this folder of handouts to them, but they wouldn't know what the hell this means. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna write a book. So I ended up getting a publisher and for the last six months now. So it, it was, all of this has happened in an eight month time frame. It's crazy. It's nuts. In the la- over the last six months, I wrote a book and it's set to publish next April. Shut up. Really? I swear to God. Man, that's fucking great, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so it is all about how to turn your anxiety into your advantage by learning more about it, by understanding it inside and out and not letting it hold you back. I believe when you gain the understanding of what actually makes you anxious, you gain a superpower. Hmm. And that's what I want to teach to, I don't know, people who want to read my book. Yeah. That is what I've been up to for for the last, that's a very long way. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, but yeah, man. So I've kind of been on this weird journey that has definitely put me in a place that I just want to help the person who, I don't know, I, who is probably going through something similar. Who's struggling. Yeah. I mean, with so, yes, depression, anxiety, anxiety. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably definitely one of the most common things people are struggling yeah. with. What, what helped you? Let's kind of back it up and talk about what has been helping you over the last, you know, a few years, year or so yeah. with anxiety. What, what have you found? What did you learn from your anxiety school? <laughs> yeah, bro, it was, it was crazy. It was awesome. I mean, I think uh, one of the, the first thing I learned in anxiety school, I think it's funny to say that, is establishing a support system. In the book, I call it like your dream team. Right? Okay. So if you, if you, if I'm not sure if you're into like basketball at all, right? That's but, that's the sport I played the most growing up. Oh, of course. So you know the dream team, right? You oh, know, of course. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Burrow. You know that. Like, you know that, right? So, of course, you have like your, your players, you have your coach, you have your playbook. And like anxiety is no different. Like your coach is your therapist. Your 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 teammates are your are your friends, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who make you better. That's the dream team. So I learned that I had to build my dream team. And for me, the people who I'm around, like that's that matters the most to me. If you make me anxious, get the hell out. Like that's it. Like I gotta cut <laughs> you out. Like I'm sorry. Yeah, like, yeah. If you're not good for my mental health, I'm sorry. Like, sorry. Like, back up. Yep. And that was like the biggest thing they taught us is like. You are a product of your environment, but you are also the product of who you hang out with. Mm-hmm. And I had to do like a detox of my friends. Like there are people who I cut off. I yeah, whether them. whether you're a follower or a leader, Facts. people you're around influence you. Your environment yeah. completely exactly. completely influences you. Yeah, oh, exactly. And I didn't really know that at the time. I kind of took a, I take a step back and like look at my social circle and be like, okay, this isn't this isn't helping me, or you're not kind of giving me what I need. 
So I, I think I have to, you know, distance myself. And I did. But so that's what the biggest thing. Secondly, the idea of building what they taught us was a toolbox, right? Like what's in your toolbox? For me, um, and when I say toolbox, I'm not saying like going to Home Depot and getting actual, you know, toolbox. I mean, yeah, I mean we're not, like, <laughs> not a literal <laughs> toolbox. Yes. Facts. I mean, like what are the tips and tricks you use to manage your anxiety? And for me, it's music, it's writing, it's going out for a drive getting a change of scenery. Um, it's walking my, my dog that's next to me, whatever he's asleep. But um, it's, it's, it's really kind of like doing these things that kind of distract my mind in a way. And I think the third thing I want to mention is they taught us how to rewrite the story in our mind, right? That's like, huge. I, it's, it's huge, right? I think on, on my hoodie right now, I have this thing that says, stop hating you. We are our own biggest like critics. I, I believe that. Like every day, I, like if, if we had a, a tape recorder of our thoughts that we that go in our head of our own perceptions of ourselves sometimes we'd be surprised as to like mm-hmm. what you know what i mean for me i think i try every day to rewrite the story that i'm telling myself so let's say it's a failure with business or whether it's a girl who just didn't i guess answer my dm the way i wanted her to answer you know what i mean yeah. um you have to kind of rewrite the story okay maybe she's busy or maybe we're just on a match maybe she has a boyfriend who knows you know maybe she's not looking for a boyfriend and that's okay it's all about kind of rewriting and, and welcoming and opening yourself up to possibilities you know what i mean i think anxiety especially for me i mean i can only speak to mine i'm a very binary thinker so i think mm-hmm. kind of like black and white or all or nothing so how to combat that is kind of like opening up to other possibilities you know and that, that's all about what it means to rewrite the story in your mind yeah. yeah that's awesome man i mean that's such that was such a big piece for me yeah uh in jail is where most of that happened for me but um, i wouldn't want that <laughs> oh it was just i mean being put by yourself and being alone for so many hours of the day it's like you're forced to bro yeah I mean, what do you, what else are you gonna do so i mean that's why you see i've seen people break down in jail in like two days like wow like yo you can't and this isn't even bad like wow. we were i was in a good i was in a good part wow wow yeah man but i think that's what it is i mean i tell everybody dude 26 i hit it hard man from 26 yeah. with philosophy psychology no sports and i obtained all this knowledge but all i could do was keep finding the things that i sucked at because there was no self-love there was no acceptance there was no forgiveness there was nothing right and that's where you can't doesn't matter what you can do what you know if you don't have confidence and self-love and just acceptance for yourself you're you can't do anything it's it's tough it's a struggle and that's why you see people who are constantly anxious and so scared to fail you know and i think that's such a big piece of it change your story like it's not all about you stop being so self-centered right (laughs) it's not all about you it's not it's really not all about you and the more you kind of remind yourself of that the freer you feel the more freedom Mm -hmm. you kind of you you experience something different i can't wait to put into words i mean i'm writing a book but hope i can but um (laughs) hopefully yeah (laughs) but um you know what i mean it's like you experience this level this weight gets lifted off your shoulder absolutely yeah definitely definitely i definitely think that's it yeah it's like yeah no pressure i have my first company coming up ever this is it that i'm doing brand strategy with and some content creation like all right this is what i'm going for and it's just like whatever it is what it is right yeah if if i fail i've learned a lot from it as long as i'm paying attention that i mean that's the biggest thing exactly i mean either way i'm learning a shit ton from it but you know i'm pumped about it but having that just all right it's okay it is what it is let's ride with it exactly just ride with it 
just ride with it. I and mean, that's, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, that's huge. So tell me more about the book. What's uh, what's the style like? Is it kind of like a narrative? Are you just sharing about your your story, your journey? Is it kind of more of like a self development? Like have little exercises, journaling exercises. You know, what's what's yeah, the book about? Definitely, bro. Um, thanks for asking, man. Love that. <laughs> um, for 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 me personally, I've always just like you. I've consumed self help books from like Gary mm-hmm. Vee to Tony Robbins to. Tim Ferriss and all in between. And one thing I always wished was like, all right, I understand like Gary writes from a very kind of like his point of view. Like he writes it like the way he speaks. Yeah. And I love that kind of content. I love reading something where it's as if the person's like in the room with me, just talking to me. You know what I mean? I don't like reading stuff where it's coming from some pompous individual who's trying to speak at me. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? instead of speaking with me. So I wanted to write a book that was kind of more conversational and very much authentic and transparent around my personal experience with anxiety and also featuring people who I interviewed uh, for in the book. Um, so how it's split up, it's split up into three sections. One, it's the what, right? I start with like, what happened to me? Uh, what's the whole point of this whole freaking book? And the second thing I go into is why. And the reason okay. why I go into why is because I discovered that my generation, Generation Z, so I'm 22, right? Um, we are the most anxious and depressed generation in history. I mean, it, it, that's statistically proven. And I've wanted to discover why. And I've explored it. And what I found is like, all right, we put so much pressure on ourselves. Um, we, we strive for perfectionism. Of course, there's the social media component. Of course, there's the idea of striving for academic excellence. All these different things that we are constantly, constantly stress out about on a daily basis. And then I go into how, okay, now I understand what happened, why it happens, how can we actually manage it, right? So it's kind of a mix of a like a memoir and like a self-help guide, I, I, I guess a hybrid. Okay. Um, and cool. I, I can't believe it. I turned in a manuscript last, no, two Saturdays ago to my editor, 34,000 words. I have never written 34,000 words in my goddamn life. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, writing a book's tough, man. Bro, I, I hate it. No joke. No, but it's no joke. I've no attempted joke. a couple of times. My now, girlfriend and I are kind of in, we've written two, three chapters about my addiction and everything up to this point from both our point of view. So we kind of split it, but you know, I've gotten distracted with a lot of other things, but much props for writing the book, bro. Cause that, that's, you, that takes a lot of discipline. Yeah. Oh, uh, discipline, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of, a little bit, I'm not going to lie to you. I, it's kind of funny. I mean, writing a book about anxiety, that's giving you anxiety attacks. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Because you're just like, you want to get it right. You want to get it right. You know? And I think that's also the downside about anxiety is you want to always be perfect. I think if you're a perfectionist, there's a high chance you probably have anxiety. Yeah, it's it's interesting with the anxiety thing. I have found for me, it helps, A, not to ever fight it. Fighting it just makes it worse. Yeah, for me, it's kind of been just uh, a recognition of the uncomfortability being a good thing for me. Right. Because I can I can get this room right here, bro. I could stay here all day by myself. Wow. Do Photoshop, learn my what I want to learn, study what I want to study. Wow. You know, maybe maybe take a walk with the dog and the girlfriend here. But I could be alone for a long time. Like I can get used to it. Like even with COVID, the first few months I had when I was starting to do a few podcasts out in person yep. again, which I love the most. Like I wish we could be in the same room talking. But um, technology at least allows us to have a conversation. Right. But I would just, I had to like force, all right, you got to go out, dude. You got to get up and go out. You got to get up and go out. Cause I, right. I'll get stuck. Yeah, you'll get stuck easily. Mm-hmm. 
easily, easily. And it, that, they actually taught us that in, anxi- in an anxiety, too. anxiety school, too. I can't even speak today. Oh, my God. In anxiety school, too. <laughs> the freeze, fact that, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and the fact that, you know, you have to make a schedule. You have mm. to make a schedule because... And follow it. <laughs> and follow it, right. And there has to be the follow through. Yeah. Um, because if you don't and you're just kind of stuck and you're just thinking in your head, like if I'm in my bedroom right now, just sitting in my head all day, that's danger, danger zone, danger zone. So being out, getting active, getting up and leaving your house a mm. little bit, going for a walk with your dog and your girlfriend, you know what I mean? Um, those are important things. You need to do that now more than ever. Super. Yeah. Yeah. Super. And it's just, it's going to get tough winter time with this COVID still around. And bro, that's, what I'm, I'm, I'm actually afraid of like the next few months. Um, like I said before, at the beginning of the call, I'm, I'm not sure if you hit record or not, but I'm not, I mean, yes, of course, I'm nervous that we are in a global pandemic. We are seeing cases skyrocket again, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but I'm actually more concerned about the ripple effect. Okay. Oh, it's, it's going to be crazy. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. So my mom's actually a mental health therapist. Which oh, is okay. Ironic. Um, so I, I've actually grown up with, you know, hearing anxiety and depression. Are you, are you close with your mom? Yeah, I'm very yeah. close to my mom. Oh, right. we'll, have to, we'll have to do a podcast with the two of you. That'd be great. Yes, that would be interesting. Oh, I would, she'd love cool. that. She'd cool. love that. She has a lot to say about anxiety. A lot. I mean, she works with kids okay. um, who awesome. are anxious and depressed. And um, I, I have a lot to learn from her. I'm, like I've said, I don't know much about psychology. I, I'm more, I, like I said, I went to school for business and entrepreneurship. So uh, she kind of teaches me more about like what, and I think that's cool of having a therapist as a mom, but you kind of wish she was a mom first instead of a therapist, but you know, I, that's, that's, a, that's a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's between you two. Yeah, no, I, I see how that could happen. Like, you know, no matter what it is, yo. Know. Like, there was one time I would come home, I'd come home and I'd be crying about something happening in school, and then she like you know walk me through a therapy session. I'm like, I don't, I don't want that right now. I want my mom. I don't want, I don't want a therapist. You know? <laughs> but you know, it was very powerful to get that insight at a very early age. I think that also is what has helped me um, now manage it better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Again, adding to that dream team. She's on my dream team. Okay, like, awesome. He's literally like the GM, <laughs> like <laughs> the general manager, if I will, if I if I could do that. That's um, cool. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the third part of your book? Did you, you didn't say that right? You said yeah. Third part of the book is is the how. The how. It's, okay. It's, all right, and the how we can actually manage our anxiety better, right? And I broke that down into six principles. And the six principles I broke it down into is one, it starts with committing. So I think with, with us, with, with people who are anxious, I, I saw it especially in anxiety school, like you have to want to do the work because therapy doesn't work unless you do, right? Nothing, so that's nothing works it, unless you want to. Yes, yeah. Exactly. You know it, right? You, if you want to get better, if you want to improve your life, if you want to manage your anxiety, you have to agree to do the work and commit. So it starts there. The second thing is what I call is what I call auditing yourself, performing like an audit. And what that means is what is your lifestyle at currently and where do you want it to go? So it's kind of like looking at, okay, what are you eating? Who are you talking to? How much sleep are you getting? What do you do for exercise? What are you, what are your movements? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Those things are very important. And the third thing I get into is, dang, my, my mind is like skipping right now. But the third thing I get into is literally kind of, you know, building out that dream team and literally kind of putting that support system together in order to, you know, actually 
build this superpower around your anxiety. And other the other three, I'll leave it as a surprise. You have to buy the book. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are the, those are the first three. I think it's so important that um, many people don't even realize that there's a there's a correlation between the food you put in your body and your anxiety levels. I think that's not a relationship that's talked about enough. Um, and I actually talk about, talk about that in the book, how it's like there is a correlation between your diet and your mental health. Oh, man. Just like there is with your physical health. But yeah, absolutely. You, I bet you know all this stuff. And, I mean, yeah, and the diet affects your physical. I mean, just so everything is so interconnected, right? It really it's, is. it's insane. It truly is. It it's, truly fu- is. it's funny, man. Even like, because you said you went to school for business. I didn't know anything about business or entrepreneurship or anything. You know, again, since I was 26 for almost, you know, eight, eight years or so, I've been diving in the philosophy and the life and the being introverted, working on being more introspective and how I can grow as an individual. Right. And I've realized now that I've like, I come across so many of these business people, that's what they're teaching. They're teaching business too online and YouTube and stuff, but they're teaching so much of that and authenticity and because it's right. becoming such a part of business, but everything is just, my point bringing it up, everything's just so connected, man. And anything you learn, I have yet to find anything that I've learned that couldn't be applied to something else in life. Like so it's true. just, I mean, so many things help you with everything. And it's so just, true. it's it's awesome to hear how you're doing, man. And the book is, I mean, that's badass. That's an accomplishment in and of itself. Thank no, you, man. Whether you sell any copies or not, I think that that's just be proud of that, you know, alone you, because that that takes a lot of work and in six months and yes, yes. 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 So props you, to you, man. I appreciate that. And actually, funny enough, uh, even though the book is pu- publishing in April, the pre-sales launched this week. Okay. So everything has happened so fast, brother. Like it has been extremely, extremely a fast-paced thing. And I, I one thing I want to you know add to clarification because I think. For those who are listening to this or could be listening to this, they're like, how do you write a book in like that short time span? Isn't that kind of like a long time? Well, first off, we were in a pandemic, so we were inside. So, <laughs> so I had no You were stuck go. anyway. Well, I was stuck <laughs> anyways, right? So where, I'm gonna, where am I going to go? Um, so I had all this time to do all this research and interviews and stuff like that, where sometimes it would take someone, you know, over a year or two years or a long process, but I had more time. And secondly, I had a great program. So there is a company called New Degree Press Publishing, and it was founded by a professor out of Georgetown University. And he had this idea of how could he help more young authors publish books? And he discovered this kind of hybrid model of, you know, self-publishing and actually having a publisher behind you. And how it works is, you know, he kind of creates his curriculum, so to speak, and this kind of a support group. And he gives you access to an editor, a design team, uh, a marketing team, and awesome. a publisher that's gonna print the book actually. And he runs it very much of like a class. So I basically entered a course in, what was that? That was in uh, June, I started writing actually. Okay. And I started actually you know, putting words on paper. And we go through this kind of course, we, we meet like once a week, every week over the whole summer. And then by the end of October, so a few weeks ago, you have a manuscript because you did all that work. And that was a long, that's a lot yeah. of work, you know, a lot of information. And then you take that manuscript, give it to your editor, he or she ed- edits it for a while. And then what you do is the reason why it's different than a self-publisher is I have access to an editor. I have access to a design team. I have access to a production mm-hmm. team and a marketing team. And the same way that a, a an artist or a music artist, right? You, you think about your favorite rapper or the labels and yeah, label. Yeah. Same idea. It's like when they get a record yeah, deal. Yeah, your producer. Yep. Yeah, you get when you get a record deal. 
okay, yes, they the record label owns your rights to your uh, your your work, but you kind of have to pay back that that stuff. You have to pay it back. That's why you see most um, you know musicians sell merchandise, do touring or appearances. I mean, now now, which is amazing to yeah. me, which I love. Right. Now they just do it in their damn basement. And like people like, what's her name? Billy, uh, Billy Idol. Billy Idol. No, thank you. Yes. Billy Idol. Jesus. What, you, what am I, 1983? <laughs> <laughs> Billy Eilish. Yeah. Like she did the same thing. Holy crap. Yeah, she did. And made a bunch of money. Yeah. But like, she's super. Yeah. So super, totally super off smart. subject. But yeah, I think that's awesome. That yeah, artist. Me too. Me too. Um, but that's how it essentially works with this for me. Because now I have to essentially pay, pay back the same thing that a, no, a normal publisher would do. Pay back all the all the stuff I I kind of got. Mm-hmm. I have to pay the editor, pay for all of this. So that's where the pre-sale campaign comes in, right? And then I kind of have now a list of readers who are going to be my quote-unquote beta readers. And then by April, when the book actually publishes, boom! Now I have an audience. Nice, awesome. I, yep. You know what I mean? So it, it's that is how I kind of built the book. I wanted to offer some clarification for the doubters out there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, what, you know, what? I think there's a lot to be said too for putting a financial commitment to almost force you to be disciplined with writing it, you know, like, all right, I'm doing this. And I mean, you kind of like what a waste of money it'd be if you didn't do anything with it. Right. You just, you skipped it and like, screw it. And so I think, I think there's a lot to be said for that because that helps you stay committed. Thank you. Thank you. It really did. It's kind of like, that's where the anxiety part came in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, like, Oh, like what if I don't succeed? But it's kind of like, I wasn't doing this for me right? Like I'm not doing this to be a published author. I'm doing this to continue forth or push forward the conversation around mental health. And I happen to be an author who's a male and a male of color. So it's just like, that's why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for the kid who's 12 years old, who's anxious as fuck, doesn't really know. I can't even swear. I don't know if I swear or not. (laughs) not. I've I've said fuck like 12 times already. (laughs) (laughs) Who's who's anxious as all live in hell and doesn't know where to turn. You know what I mean? Because I have friends who don't even know how to find a therapist and they're 22 years old. I so know. Like that's nuts. That there are 12 year olds out there who have no idea. That's, you know, yeah, yeah. continue. No, I was just, it was just, it was my, uh, I totally interrupted you. It was just my frustration yeah. coming out of, Yeah. that's why I feel like this is why it fr- frustrates me that nonprofits like they, and they don't feel like they need any kind of branding because people need to know you exist. Facts, they like, do. You just you said it, like right? Like some people don't even know how to find a therapist. That's crazy. That, that's crazy. Like, how do you not know how to find a therapist in this day and age? In this day, mm-hmm. I can understand. Like maybe twenty years ago or thirty years ago, yeah. you go search to the yellow pages. But bro, there are apps out there now. Like you could just literally download and you can be matched with a therapist. It's, and yeah, that's crazy. You could accidentally find one with uh, uh, auto correction in Google search. Exactly. Like, how have you not done that by accident? And local exactly. therapists pop up. But you want to know what the biggest thing is, and I talk about that in the book too, is there's this large stigma. There's this large well, that's, stigma yeah. that holds people back against it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, especially as men. I mean, we're not supposed to talk about our feelings. We're not, talking about, we're not supposed to cry. And in the black community, oh, oh, it's you don't mm-hmm. what you're, you're anxious. Go sleep it off. Oh, you're depressed. Come on now. Just, you ain't de- come on. Come on. Come on now. <laughs> you, you be all right. Like it, it's not, it's not talked about enough. Yeah. So that's why I'm writing the book. And 
that's why I love your podcast because you are pushing forward the conversation that combats that large stigma that holds back the 12 year olds or 22 year olds of getting help. You know what I mean? So that's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's why I support what you're doing, what you're doing. Um, honestly, man. So that's, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's great, man. Yeah. That's awesome. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the encouragement. I think, yeah, it's important because I, I mean, we're constantly told as men, I remember my brother and I were wrestling my brother broke my collarbone. I think I was like 13 or something. And I remember crying. I remember my dad, you know, yelling like, stop whining. You're fine. You know, shake it off. And, uh, you know, it's just like so much of it for men is to not talk about your emotions unless it's sarcasm or laughter or anger. Right. I mean, that's really it. That's yep. all you can show. And I mean, that was a big piece for me. I mean, again, bringing that age 26 for me was, was it because that's when I really tried to throw a vulnerability in my life. And I realized, wow. I mean, I just remember weeping for three days about my brother and sister dying finally. Yeah. I mean, and that was when I was 15 that happened. Right. So it took 11 right. years wow. almost for me to even like realize how much that hurt me, what that did to me, you know, and just crying and realizing afterwards, wow, weeping is like a gift. It's like mm-hmm. laughing, like you know that laughter of yes. snot running down your nose, cheeks hurting, gut yes. hurts. Like yes. stop, I want to stop laughing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like oh that, that weight, that feeling after that weightlessness is the same feeling after weeping. Man, it's a tool, it's a gift, right? And Sorry. I mean, it's Sorry. not. I mean, I'm not saying you got to start crying everywhere you freaking go, but <laughs> you know, even if it's by yourself, I mean, that's a start. Like, learn how to right. weep. Just yeah. let it, let it okay happen. It. Yeah. Okay okay yeah. Not be ashamed of it. My question for you, though, right, is I, I'm also curious with your podcast. Do you ever like I mean, I, I haven't really seen it. I mean, have you ever just gone on tape and just kind of talked about your story? Um, Yeah, I think of, I have a few solo episodes out there. So it's like it's, it's some like, stuff. You, not all of it is my like I think there is one that has a little bit of my story where it was just me. Um, I do a, a few solo episodes by yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, the reason why I asked is because hearing you speak, I mean, you have a great voice for, for podcasting and radio. I was like, do you ever have this idea of just doing a stream of consciousness, kind of just like talking? Um, yeah, like yeah, I do. Gotcha. I, I do sometimes. It bounces back and forth. I I, you know, I again, I think a lot of some of the has to do with that is that oh, nobody wants to listen to me just talk for an, you know, half hour. I think it's that yeah. just insecurity. Yeah. That I just kind of have to do it. Dude, man. Yeah. Dude, that's wild. I mean, I think the more that we do that, and that's how we, we are more vulnerable mm-hmm. in, a, in a way. Because like I said, I, I try to do that with my dream team, my support system, my friends. And there, some of them are kind of like, why are you so like transparent? I'm like, <laughs> I need to be. Like, I can't yeah. hold this in anymore. It's not good. If you hold yeah. it in, but you walk around with that weight on your shoulders, like we mentioned before. And it's not good. It's really not good. And much of this, uh, the book was a uh, therapeutic for me. You know what I mean? To write out all the stuff what was making me anxious. You know, from I bet, break, yeah, to like struggling with perfectionism, struggling with like being one of the few black kids in the room. Like all these things kind of build up over time. And I remember I, I, in the book, I not to switch subjects, but in the book, I kind of talk about this metaphor of a volcano. Mm-hmm. And how a volcano is 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 much dormant for many of its years of existence, right? But under the right environment, under the right amount of stress or weather change, whatever, enough pressure builds up in the volcano over time that unfortunately it erupts. And eight months ago, I erupted. And I've been I've just been trying to pick up the broken pieces. 
Hmm. And this book can do that and do more conversations with like this one could do that to help someone else. That's all. That's all I want. That is all I want. Um, and it's, it's been such a, a crazy ride. I can't just emphasize that enough. It's been a wild ride, man. Honestly. We need a mic drop after that. We just need to cut the podcast right here. We're good. <laughs> All right. Go buy Wes's book. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's powerful, man. And yeah, I, lo- I love your vibe, bro. I'm glad, Thanks. you know, at, at first, you know, this morning I was just like, you, as soon as you wake up, you're like, oh, I don't want to talk, you know, yep. thinking about yep. it. I'm like, all right. Yep. And then the power thing happened and I'm like, I can't, I can't allow this not to happen because I already switched <laughs> dates with you. So it was like, all right, but everything worked out, man. And I'm, yeah, I'm glad because I really enjoyed our, our conversation today. Me too. Me too. It's awesome. Again, yeah, it's great to have, you know, other men and to have this conversation with. I just talked with another guy. Uh, he really? does a lot of, he, he hosts a live show, Real Men, Real Talk with three other dudes. Okay. And I, I came on his show. We did a live show. I'll have to send it to you. Even his stuff. He, he's really awesome. He's one of those few people I run across that really like think about every word he says. So he's slow wow. to talk. Almost to the point like, is he listening to me? Wow. Like one of those. And I just love talking with, with people like that because wow. it always forces me to slow down. Cause I'm like yeah. you, I got the more pretty, you know, pretty up more energy when Upbeat. I, when I talk yes. and I like keeping right. it going. And there's something that just always makes you check yourself when you talk to somebody who's just thoughtful about everything they say. Every word. Yep. Yeah. It's, wow. it's awesome. So Jay Rothman, his name is, gotcha. I think it was like episode 78, but I'll send you some of his stuff as well. But before Upbeat. we get out of here, tell us a real quick about the clothing thing. Yeah. A, gotcha. And where people get your book, where do they go to get the clothing? How do they get a hold of you? Find if they want to get in touch with you. Word. Um, so yes, uh, I have a clothing line, a clothing company called The Hidden Company. You can find us at thehiddenco.com. So that's T-H-E-H-I-D-D-E-N dot R C C O. My bad. I'm blanking out. Dot com. <laughs> I'm blanking out. It is literally a, a I'll, I'll link everything below too when I publish Thanks. it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so I started the the, co- the clothing company about two years ago, um, and it's been going pretty well. The way I, the best way I, I describe it to people is it's a clothing company with the mission of empowering people to be their true selves unapologetically and not hiding who you are. Um, and that is kind of what I strive to do. So with the book, I'm striving to be very open about my anxiety because for a long time, that's something I hit just like my spots. Mm-hmm. I hit that for a very long time. People didn't know, Wes, you have anxiety? What do you, no, you don't. And I was like, yeah, I do. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's very common, but you know, yeah. No, do. you don't. <laughs> I, was, I was like, what? But um, <laughs> yeah, so with the clothing company and the book kind of go hand in hand because the mission is still the same. Um, you can support uh, the clothing company at that website and the book will be available for pre-sale to start on this Friday. I'm not sure when you drop this episode, but uh, the book will be able to be purchased on Amazon when it comes out in April. Okay. But it'll be, ordered for pre- uh, be available for pre-orders at westwoodson.com. Perfect. So, awesome. Follow brother. me on all, on all social medias at Westwoodson. And I'll, yeah, again, I'll link all that stuff below and Sweet. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate your time, your conversation, your willingness to be open and authentic and vulnerable. It's awesome to be around and I'm grateful. Thanks, brother. Stay well. All right. You too. And I will uh, stay in touch with you, let you know when I'm releasing this and all that other jazz. All right, right, bro. I'll be in touch. All right. Bye. Later.